Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. I'm recording this right after the Thanksgiving holiday here in the United States. And so happy Thanksgiving to you. You know, we have a lot to be grateful for. Um, I certainly do. And I certainly talk to my friends and family about that and all the things that we are just blessed with. So, you know, this is a, a great time of year. I, I love Thanksgiving and I love the Christmas holiday. It's just a time to reflect and spend time with friends and family. Um, it's for me just one of the best times of the year. But, you know, it's also a good lesson to constantly and always be grateful for everything that we have because things could be a lot worse and there are a lot of people by the billions in this world that have a lot less than what you have. So it's always good to just reflect on that and be thankful for what you do have. So let's talk about 2019. Will 2019 be a good time to invest in real estate? Or will you just be better off parking your money elsewhere? You know, whether that means sitting on the sidelines or maybe an investment in an entirely different industry, I don't know. But I have some news. While no one knows exactly what will happen with home prices in 2019, if you have the right sources of information and know where to look, there is enough evidence out there to make a sound, educated guess. Let's explore this topic and see what we can learn right after a quick thanks to our sponsor. My friend MC Lobsher, the host of Cashflow Ninja podcast and president of Producers Wealth, is on a mission to help you achieve financial independence as soon as possible. He achieves this by integrating the infinite banking concept and real estate investing to increase your financial efficiency and recapture cash flow that you're not even aware you're losing. MC shares the number one strategy investors use in his holistic wealth creation course, at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. We've seen a slowing down in the housing market this year in most of the metro areas around the country. What's causing this slowing growth in the housing market? Well, there are a dozen or more factors in play, but the ones with the biggest impact over the next few months and into the new year include the following five factors. That first factor is something that I've talked about time and time again, and that is affordability. The real estate industry is facing a basic economic problem. Lots of people want to buy homes, but can't realistically afford to do so in their current geographic area. And this is because affordability has become an increasingly acute issue over the past decade. Remember that affordability describes the percentage of one's median household income spent on the median household mortgage in a particular area. Most financial experts suggest that households spend no more than about 30% of their income on housing, and many metro areas far exceed that amount. Home prices, mortgage rates, household income, and the local property taxes are all important factors in determining how affordable a certain metro area might or might not be. If you look at graphs, graphs chart the housing market, and if you have looked at them over the last, oh geez, past decade, it looks very much like a roller coaster in many markets. It goes up and down, and since 2012 or 2013, it's climbed back up again. But many markets haven't been stable or even steady, and that not only contributes to uncertainty, 
but it also makes potential first-time homebuyers less courageous about taking the plunge into home ownership. Many of these would-be first-time buyers still remember the housing crash back in 2008, you know, the Great Recession, and that affected people for many years since. So not everyone today is in a rush to be a first-time home buyer. It's, it's just not happening. So buyers who are ready to take the plunge are competing for a limited supply of homes for sale, which adds to volatility, and that just keeps home prices pushed up and causes them to rise, much like what we saw back in 2004. This is especially true in areas where homes for sale are particularly scarce, places like Denver, Seattle, and San Francisco. In some of those markets, the problem has become so bad that residents are spending much more than 30% of their household income on housing. In fact, 13 of the top 100 MSAs, or Metropolitan Statistical Areas, have passed that critical barrier in 2017, so last year. In total, 30 of these top 100 areas are above 30%. Five of them are above 50% of that median income. And there are some neighborhoods within those metros that top 70% of one's income solely for housing. That's just plain insanity. So what does that mean for buyers? Not everyone is a millionaire, and many potential entry-level home buyers are dealing with student debt and relatively low wages. And there's a segment of the market that may become long-term renters just purely out of necessity rather than choice, if housing affordability continues to spiral in this direction. So what does that mean for real estate investors? If the market lends itself to making sense financially, that is the property generates positive cash flow and an acceptable rate of return, then it's a prospective market to invest in for buy and hold rentals. Remember that you don't want to speculate on price in an appreciating market if the returns aren't there. Overpriced markets are often not the best places to find smart deals. So factor number two is home sales and property prices. So let's talk about this. The pace of home sales has gradually made its way up from the depths of the recession back in 2008, but it remains relatively low compared to household growth. That's an important factor to understand. For example, current existing home sales are near 2003 levels, but household growth has increased 13.5% over the last 14 years. If you put all that together, and there's pretty much only one way for the numbers to go, and that is up. Sales have to go up. With the increasing number of new construction homes coming online now, especially this year, I've seen this over the last 12 months, I expect more buyers in the market for a home purchased in 2019, whether as owner-occupied or as an investor. In 2017, 10 of the top 100 metro areas saw prices soften. That means that growth was at least 1% slower than the annual growth over the past three years. And growth is expected to slow, or at least continue to slow, in another 41 of the top 100 metros by the end of this year. That's 41% of the markets. My prediction is that by the end of 2019, that this trend will continue well into 2019 for a majority of the U.S. metro areas because these markets need to take a breather from the years of price growth that we've seen. It's just been year over year in most of the U.S. markets. Prices, however, are more diversified by locality. It's true that collectively, overall home prices have gone up in the past years, 
But the reality is that housing market is much more granular than one national metric can ever represent. As I always say, all real estate is local. Historically, when the economy was stable, most major markets moved up in unison. But when there's economic volatility like we've seen, then submarkets and local neighborhoods within the same city start to increase or decrease in price seemingly independent of one another. We can expect to see much more of this hyper-localized fluctuation within markets in 2019. Home prices and sales trends are going to be more nuanced at the zip code level, the neighborhood level, and even the block level, as opposed to broad swatches of movement for a major market. So if you're someone looking to invest in real estate, you're going to want to understand why homes in a neighborhood or an area are fetching more money than homes in a neighboring area or locale. This is just important to understand because if you have selected a major metro area and now you're choosing a submarket or a neighborhood, one neighborhood or one submarket may be better than another one that's even neighboring. So this is something you could talk to us about your local property management company. If you're working with a broker or agent in a particular area, talk to them about that. These are people that can help you differentiate between one neighborhood and another. Now, the third factor is about mortgage rates. Mortgage rates fluctuate up and down, influenced by such factors as inflation, economic growth, the Federal Reserve's monetary policy, and the state of the bond and housing markets. So today, with near-historic lows and relatively low inflation, the Fed has made it clear that it intends to continue raising its rates in 2019. So we've seen a few rates increase this year, and that indirectly will influence mortgage rates. By mid-2019, we may see mortgage rates rise about another half percentage rate. And as these rates go up, current homeowners who carry low mortgage rates might be disincentivized to sell because both mortgage rate growth and home price growth will potentially price them out of their market or for a larger home if they want to move up. So what tends to happen is they just stay put. At the same time, there's a large pool of current and new home buyers who remember when mortgage rates were in excess of 6 or 7% in years past, and they're not going to be deterred by these higher mortgage rates in 2019. They're just going to push forward and they're going to buy because they still see these mortgage rates as low and it's still affordable and a deal for them, assuming they qualify. So the bottom line here is this. Higher mortgage rates will keep many people where they are. And that reduces the old housing stock, potentially putting upward pressure on prices. This doesn't solve the problem of low inventory levels and will continue to create housing demand for home buyers and tenants. As an investor, having desirable housing for these people provides you with a solid investment for the foreseeable future. And if that's the case, then what you want to do is continue building a portfolio in markets where there is a level of affordability but strong demand for housing, especially in neighborhoods that you are focused on, and as long as you provide good quality, affordable, safe, clean housing for the tenant pool that's there, you're going to have a solid investment that preserves its value, will have upward pressure in price, and you will serve a demographic of the population that needs housing. They have to rent from you because they either don't want to buy or more likely can't afford to buy for various reasons, whether it's cash, credit, or just mobility reasons. Factor number four has to do with tax laws. And I'll just be brief about this one because this is a rather complex area. But what I do have to say about this is that 
The recent Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, what they refer to as TCJA, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, it introduced big changes, mostly related to business taxes, as well as real estate investment, but on a larger scale. And this started in 2018. But many of the more complicated changes are only relevant for larger commercial real estate companies, and they have little or no impact on the typical small real estate investor who owns a small portfolio of residential rental properties. So for the most part, this is not going to affect, to a large degree, you and I. These new rules are not going to change behavior much, other than possibly us invest in more rental properties. But these new rules are not going to greatly affect the real estate investing world in 2019 or even 2020. Uh, you know, there are parts of the new tax laws that phase out or start to phase out in 2023. But again, for the most part, um, outside of the depreciation benefits that may be there for you, uh, the tax laws are not going to affect housing trends all that much. And the fifth factor is probably the biggest one, and that is general uncertainty. You see, the housing market is just one part, but a large part of the vast U.S. economy. So it's going to experience a ripple effect in 2019 from changes in other parts of the economy. And these are things such as employment, which is always in flux, education, our infrastructure throughout the country, credit, the amount of credit available in credit policy, politics, consumer sentiment is a big one, how people feel about uh, the economy and spending in general, just that confidence. And of course, you know, there are many other components. However, there is one factor that all parts of the market need to thrive on and work well together, and that's predictability. That's the security that you know what to expect with a reasonable degree of confidence tomorrow and next week and next month and next year. When it's difficult to predict what to expect tomorrow or next month or next year, we have fear to take on major financial commitments. Generally speaking, there is an overall wait-and-see strategy on future movements, and this is true for us as humans. All of this results in challenges for the housing industry. So even though there is the overall economy in the U.S. being robust today, the feeling of uncertainty is growing. And there's quite a bit of unpredictability surrounding inflation and economic growth, and even with some people towards jobs and wages. But one thing is certain and predictable, and that is humans will always need shelter. Housing is a necessity, and its demand in the U.S. is growing year after year. That doesn't mean that real estate is recession-proof, as many of you can recall from events you know, following 2008. An uncertain economy is going to influence who qualifies to get a loan and at what rate. And that will influence existing affordability and housing equality issues in turn. But as a result, it's going to become a necessity for investors to know as much as they can about the markets they plan to invest in and the economy in general. So investment opportunities are always out there. Knowing where and when to invest is your job and ours. But being aware of the trends that affect the economy and drive housing will help you to become an astute investor and a successful real estate investor. So... Those are the five housing trends that can and will change the market in 2019 and going forward. I certainly plan to expand on those in more detail in future episodes. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm a little under the weather here, as you can tell from my voice. But, you know, if you got something out of this episode, please remember to hit that subscribe button and leave a rating and review. 
As a reminder, our team is always here to help you. Our investment counselors are here to help you get on the right track, point you in the right direction, or to help you take the next step. Or if you already are an active real estate investor building that portfolio, let us help you expand that footprint that you have and look at other markets that help you grow that portfolio. And last but not least, the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing. It is a fantastic primer and a great download, and it's free. You can download that on either one of our websites, PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com or NoradaRealEstate.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week on our next episode. Are you on track to achieve your financial goals? Income-producing real estate is the most historically proven way to accumulate wealth and has created more financial freedom than any other means. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best turnkey cash flow rental properties. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly income. Get your free strategy session with our knowledgeable investment counselors at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.